Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. So you got the AFC South. Okay, AFC South, I have the Texans coming at last at 2-15, and 15, Jaguars at 6-11, and 11, Colts at 9-8, and eight, and Titans winning the division at 11-6. and six. Uh, So for me, I have the Houston Texans last in the division um, at a whopping 1-16. Uh, then the ten or excuse me, then the Jacksonville Jaguars at five and twelve, then the Tennessee Titans at ten and seven, and then the Indianapolis Colts at eleven and six. Okay, jumping right in, the Texans. So, I think the main question with them is: Is Deshaun Watson going to play? And I think, I think there's about a ten percent chance he plays. Between him holding out, possibility of him getting traded. All the legal stuff, uh, it just it, it doesn't look good for, for him playing in 2021 this year. And the next guy up would be Tyrod Taylor, who, you know, he's 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 all right, but he's kind of that journeyman. He he's kind of been in the position where he's the he's the veteran you have when you have a good rookie prospect who's ready to step up. You know, he did the same with Justin Herbert and other guys like that. I I, I just don't think this roster has what it takes to win more than two games. The depth chart is absolutely abysmal just just not a lot of of real highlights here and the only position where they really have depth is that running back room David Johnson Philip Lindsay Mark Ingram Rex Burkhead um I just don't think four solid running backs are going to win you very many games um I'm not one to buy into winless season predictions but if someone predicts the Texans to go 0 and 17 I would not hate that prediction because I I think they just don't have a lot to look forward to this season. I think all eyes should be on the future for the Texans. And I don't know, this, this offense especially just doesn't have what it takes. Moving on to the defense, it it is bad. It is just bad. That front seven, I think the best player on that front seven is probably Whitney Merciless. And that is not a good front, not a good number one player to have on your front seven. Defense, all right, sorry, not defense, secondary Vernon Hargraves, Justin Reed, I think they have the potential to be okay, but um, I, I don't know. I, there's not really a lot to talk about this. Just just expect a horrible season. I think one real bright spot they might have is uh, David Johnson. I, I think he definitely still has that talent, even though he's been kind of injury prone. And I think um, if you're looking for a fantasy sleeper, I think David Johnson could definitely fill that role based on how much I think the Texans are ready to run the ball with how bad of a passing game they have. And um, I know the argument with how many running backs are in that room, but I think, I think David Johnson will be taking over in the early weeks and I project him getting somewhere between 1200 and 1300 yards. But other than that, Texans fans brace yourselves because this is going to be horrible. Yeah, that's what you said the Texans fans should be looking forward to the future. I don't think the Texans fans should be looking at anything. I mean, this team is so bad this year, and I don't foresee it getting that much better much soon. I have them at 1-16. and 16. 
And I don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with if Deshaun Watson plays. If Deshaun Watson plays, I would probably bump this to like maybe three or four. But even with Deshaun Watson last year, they were horrible. And that's with one, he, one of the better quarterbacks in football. It's not like he had a bad year. He was great. This team is horrible. So you have the, you have largely the same team. But then you have Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills, one of those guys starting. It's not good. They have, a, you know, they have some talented running backs, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead. But, like, none of those guys really do it for you with, um, with you know, a mediocre offensive line. You got Laramie Tunsil and not a lot else. Um, receivers, you got Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cutie, um, Anthony Miller, they drafted Nico Collins. It's like, it's okay, but there's just not, there's not a lot to like about that, that offense. And, uh, oh, I I did skip Brevin Jordan. I like Brevin Jordan. I think he was a good tight end pick. I don't know how productive he's going to be considering the circumstances, but I did like that pick. I'd be remiss to not mention that. Defensively, not a lot to like. Whitney Merciless, like you said, probably the top guy on the, uh, you know, front seven, Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham, solid, but like, eh, yeah, it's just this whole team. So, eh, Justin Reed on the back half. I like Justin Reed. But other than that, what's there to say about this team? It's bad. This is a bad team that I, I don't think is going to win many games if, you know, if any. So I have Texans at one and 16 and, if Deshaun Watson plays, it's probably a couple more, but I don't think Deshaun Watson plays is really the main thing. Okay, moving on, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 6-11. and 11. I think they're in a similar spot with the Jets where they're taking solid moves in the direction of their rebuild, but they're just really not at the stages where they're competing for a playoff spot or even like a winning record. Um, The difference between them and the Jets is that the Jaguars have had a lot more just bonehead moves because I think I think drafting Travis Etienne in the first round was probably the worst pick of the entire draft. I mean, um, having James Robinson still on that rookie deal and signing Carlos Hyde in the offseason for some solid depth. There's just no need in this offense for Travis Etienne. And um, by by taking him, they're just shadowing real talent in James Robinson. And Carlos Side saw is a little bit left in the tank, but I, I just think it was super unnecessary. And then um, I, I did not like the hiring of Urban Meyer. He kind of just seems like he, he doesn't strike me as an NFL coach. He, it, it seems like he's coaching a college team that is in the NFL with some of the moves he's made. Like he's been he's been getting fined at OTAs for running illegal drills like he's like the, the stuff this team is doing is just very questionable. And um, one bold prediction that I have for this offense is DJ Chark is going to fall off the face of the earth. And I think he's still a talented receiver, but between the depth that they have in that wide receiver spot between Marvin Jones, Chenault, Philip Dorsett, um, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, obviously, with all those running backs. And Urban Meyer has came out publicly, publicly and said that he does not like DJ Chark and he thinks he is weak. And I just think, like, if the coach doesn't like you, then there's not really going to be a lot of room for you to succeed. So I think DJ, like fantasy owners, I would stay away from DJ Chark. He's just, I, I 
a little bit too much risk for my taste. But um, moving on to the defense, I think that linebacker core is very underrated. I do like Clevon Chasen, Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, Josh Allen, who's kind of their edge guy. But um, I think the linebacker core is pretty good. And then that pass rush is fairly lackluster. So I think um, that's something that they'll look to build on, continuing their rebuild. And the secondary is definitely better. I, I don't hate C.J. Henderson. Adding Shaquille Griffin from Seattle was definitely a good move. Shaquille Griffin last year was a little bit inconsistent, but he had a fantastic year in 2019. And I think if they can get him to return to that form, then they'll, they'll have gotten a steal in him. And um, yeah, that kind of sums it up. I just think the Jaguars are doing well with their rebuild, but have had a few bumps in the road and a few detours that they've decided to take. And um, I think unlike the Jets, I think the Jets should be ready in about a year or two. And I think this might take a little bit longer for Jacksonville, but um, I wouldn't, Jack, don't give up Jaguars fans because this team is still doing a lot of the right things. Just some of the stuff they're doing is, I, I just don't really like it. Yeah, so before I get into the Jacksonville Jaguars outlook, I'm on Twitter right now, and obviously this Jackson, our resident Dodger fan, Mookie Betts is playing second base today, and Chris Taylor is playing center field. Finally activated off the IL. It's about Act time. The, the reinforcements the are IL coming. Play, playing second base. Yeah, uh, I love to hear it. That is funny. But this is a football podcast for the time being. And so I'm going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jackson was a little kinder in certain regards because I don't think, I think Jacksonville is definitely doing some things right, but I overall am not a fan of the makeup of this team. I think that Urban Meyer was a very bad hire. I don't think that Urban Meyer is cut out to be an NFL coach. I think he's made for the college game. There's no recruiting in, in the NFL. You can't, and he doesn't have the base of, you know, a big program like Ohio state, like Florida that he can, funnel through um doesn't work like that in the nfl you start at quarterback trevor lawrence i think he's gonna be as good as advertised i think he's gonna be super solid does that mean he's gonna have a superstar year as a rookie not exactly it's not always like that um but i think he should be the favorite for uh offensive rookie of the year and and if anything happens they obviously have gardner Minshew behind everyone loves gardner Minshew. Running back, they got talent. Uh, James Robinson off of a great year last year. And then they make one of the dumbest draft decisions I've seen taking Travis Etienne um, with their second first round pick. And that's just horrible. You don't, you don't take running backs. I, I don't like taking running backs in the first round in any situation. You don't take that when you just had, a, a, you know, a coming into second year running back run for a thousand yards and have the season that James Robinson had. And even if James Robinson takes a step back, which naturally he will this year, considering they added ETN, you don't do, you don't with a roster with as many holes as they have, you don't take Travis ETN and like urban Meyer wants to use him as a gadget guys, you know, receiver too. That's just, that's horrible. That's not, you don't build championship teams taking, you know, a, a second running back in the first round. Um, wide receiver was they got some talent, DJ Shark, uh, LaVisca Chenault, who I loved it coming out of Colorado, uh, Marvin Jones, Philip Dorsett is one of the backups, like so solid wide receiver cards. It's not incredible. The offensive line, uh, Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, it's a pretty good, uh, side. 
Brandon Linder at center for, for being a not great overall team, uh, not a bad offensive line overall. Defensively, uh, Josh Allen, he's their guy. Um, my favorite Josh Allen, if you're wondering. Uh, I think he can he has all the tools to be great. Kilavon Chasen, I think he can, he's a guy you can look at for possibly a breakout year. Uh Miles Jack, he's a he's a stud at linebacker, Joe Schobert. Uh DBs, they they signed Sha- Shaquille Griffin to a big deal. Uh they have Sidney Jones. I didn't like the way that they drafted the DBs. Uh, that was actually hurting. I didn't. I hated the Tyson Campbell pick in the second round too. I just didn't understand the value there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't have a lot more to say on this Jacksonville team. I think uh, you know they have enough offensive talent to win some games, but I just I don't like the makeup of this team at all. I don't like Urban Meyer. I don't like the coaching staff. I don't like the way that they drafted. But they have Trevor Lawrence, and they have enough talent. So I have them at 5-12, and 12, third in this division. All right, moving on to the Colts. I think this Colts team definitely has a, a very good depth chart. Um, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines in that running back room. Um, I My bold prediction for that is do not be surprised if Marlon Mack gets traded. And uh, one potential suitor I see is the Rams, considering Cam Akers just blew out his Achilles. And um, Daryl Henderson is their next guy up, who I don't hate, but I would not be surprised if the Rams go out there and get Marlon Mack. So uh, be on the lookout for that. The wide receiver room isn't great, but I I don't think T.Y. Hilton keeps his starting job this year. I think you fill that in with, you know, Zach Pascoe, Michael Pittman, and Paris Campbell. I think that's a not a great group, but that's a group that can get it done. Um Tight end, Moali Cox is one of the most underappreciated players in the league. He definitely has the talent to, um, I think he's above average, definitely has the talent to become an above average tight end. Nothing much better than that, but I think um, he'll definitely be a pretty good piece for this offense. This offensive line is so good. If it wasn't for the Browns, I'd say that this is the best offensive line unit in the league. Uh, I do like Eric Fisher, although timetable doesn't look great for him to return uh, very, very early into this season. So um, that's definitely probably a weak point in their offensive line. But, you know, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, it's hard to go wrong with that group. Uh, moving on to the defense, you know, I really, really like that Quiddy Pay selection. And I think um, I have big expectations for him this year. Uh, DeForest Buckner, second best interior lineman in the league. Um, moving That linebacker core, you know, Darius Leonard. I, I think... Looking at this depth chart right now, I think they have guys who are really good in some spots and really bad in, or not really bad, but just not there. And like, like at that interior defensive line, you got DeForest Buckner, who's stellar, and then Grover Stewart right behind him. And I think that's kind of the story of this team. You know, Darius Leonard at linebacker, um, Zaire Franklin right there beside him, just not no one who's very surfaceable with that that group so I think if they had a little bit more depth their defense would be a lot better um secondary uh Xavier Rhodes is a little bit hurt but uh I don't know when he I don't really have a great timetable of when he's going to be back but if he's back by uh beginning of the season that secondary should be pretty good Julian Blackman I think is a great candidate for a breakout player and uh, I don't hate that Kenny Moore the only question on this team the only like real hole is that quarterback spot because 
I wasn't a huge fan of Wentz, but now, um, as of a few days ago, he's hurt. And I'll have Jeremy fact check me on this when he talks about this team, but I don't think we really have a solid timetable. Although I think the only thing we do know is that um, he's going to be missing the first few games this season if he gets surgery. Next guy up is Brett Hundley, who is a much lower tier, much lower tier than Carson Wentz. He is not starting quality. And um, if Brett Hundley is taking the helm of this team, I think they don't do anything more than uh, nine and eight. And I think even that with Brett Hundley is a little bit generous, but uh, I'll let Jeremy take it from here. Yeah, so before I go into the Tennessee Titans, who I have here, um, it sounds like Wentz, as of now, is out indefinitely. They Even if he does need surgery, it's not expected to be season-ending. Um, but if he does have surgery, he could possibly miss, or he would probably miss the first couple weeks. Um, so to the Tennessee Titans, who I have at 10-7, and 7, good enough for a wild-card spot in the playoffs, Um the, there's a lot to like about this offense. Ryan Tannehill has really taken steps forward and he's proven to him, proven himself as a legit franchise quarterback option. Uh, and then you had AJ Brown, who's a budding star. You bring in Julio Jones, perennially one of the best wide receivers in football. Uh, talk about a way to fill that hole of losing uh, tight end Jonu Smith. They have Anthony Ferkser at tight end now. Uh, to fill in for that role. But when you're talking about this Tennessee offense, you, even you, you bring in Julio Jones, you have that duo of Jones and Brown. You're talking about Derrick Henry on this offense. The guy is an absolute tank coming off of what? How many, how many yards did Derrick Henry end up with? Um, over over 2,000. I, I think it was somewhere in the low 2,000s. That's over 2,000. And that is ridiculous. That's like, that's just crazy, absolutely crazy. And this offense, the way that it can be multifaceted at this point where you have Tannehill, um, have the weapons of A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and the what Derrick Henry can do on the ground, it's going to be very hard to game plan and stop for this, uh, or stop for, stop this Tennessee Titans team. But then on the defensive side, I don't know. Um Defensive line, you got Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Harold Landry off the edge. It's like, eh, linebacker core, uh, a little better Rashawn Evans, Jam Brown. Uh, they brought in Bud Dupree. Um, but then DBs, it's just cornerbacks, not not great. They have they, uh, Caleb Farley, who they drafted this year. I like him, but I don't know if he's going to be super successful early, you know, early on. Janoris Jenkins, they drafted Brady Breeze. Uh, safeties, they got Kevin Byard, uh, Dan Cruikshank. They drafted Elijah Molden. I don't know. This the DBs on this team just aren't 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 incredible, and I don't love that pass rush. So the Tennessee Titans offensively, I think, are one of the best teams in football. But that defense kind of holds me back from wanting to take them to win this division. So I have them at ten and seven. Uh, and uh, with a playoff spot. Okay, so um, I think I kind of agree with you in the sense that offense is going to be really good and that defense is going to be a little bit lackluster. But I am willing to go so far as to say I think that offense has every reason to be the best offense in the league. Um, you know, Tannehill's proven himself as that very 
salvageable quarterback, and especially with the situation he's in, he'll be able to put up good production. Um, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Don't need to go in on that too much. Uh, A.J. Brown is, I think, pretty underrated for how good he is. I think he is the best wide receiver out of that 2019 class, and, you know, that includes guys like Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. And as a Seahawks fan, this means a lot. A.J. Brown is so good. He's really good after the catch. And he pairs pretty well with Julio Jones. I think that wide receiving core is unquestionably the best in the league. And um, Anthony Fersker, after losing John Smith, I think Anthony Fersker is a good, good prospect to step up to the task. And I think he's pretty underrated. And I think he'll end up an average or better tight end. That offensive line isn't anything special, but it is, I'd say, above average. It's, you know, Taylor Luan, Ben Jones, Nate, Nate Davis, they'll definitely be able to get it done. And um, whenever a guy on your team can rush for 2,000 yards, I think that off, something has to be said about that offensive line. That offensive line, you can't say that offensive line is bad if a guy, even, you know, Derrick Henry's great after the tackle, but no one could rush for 2,000 yards without a solid offensive line. Um, moving on to that defense, I, I do agree with you. Uh, that front seven, I, I don't think that front seven is good at all. Um, Bud Dupree was their main acquisition to it. And I just, he, he just seems like that rotational. Um, when, when he was out with the Steelers last season due to injury, like they didn't really miss much with him. So I, I think they definitely overpaid on Bud Dupree. And um, Caleb Farley, a little bit injured. Um, I do like Kevin Bayard, um, but it's pretty rare that a cornerback comes in on his rookie year, no matter how highly regarded they are and plays well. I mean, you look at a guy like Jeff Okuda, he was one of the highest, he was so high regard, highly regarded coming out of college, one of the higher regarded cornerbacks in a while. And then you take a guy who's probably not as good in Caleb Farley. I don't think he's really going to put up big production this year. So I think I have the Titans at 11 and six, and I think that defense holds them back from, you know, um, like a two or one or two spot. But I think that offense has every right to be the best offense in the league. Yeah. And uh, oh, my bold prediction for this team, I bet I think they set a record for total offensive yards in a season. And um, a large part of that is thanks to this talent and a large part of that is thanks to the 17th game. So uh, that's my prediction with this Titans offense. I didn't think of it like that. That's definitely a good way. That's a, I like that. I like that thought. Um, my division winners different than yours. Um, it is the Colts of Indianapolis at 11 and six. And I will say that if Carson Wentz were to miss an extended period of time, then I take it back. Like obviously I, this team with Jacob Eason is not the same team that I think it gave me with Carson Wentz. With that being said, I will put this out there. If Carson Wentz is expected to miss several weeks, or even if he's not, I think the Colts should call Jacksonville for Gardner Minshew. I think that would be a great idea as a fill-in as opposed to Eason or Hunley. Um, But moving on, this team is constructed as, I think, one of the better teams outside of the quarterback position. And that's how I think that's how it was last year a lot too. Super good team. Phillip Rivers at quarterback was bizarre and very average to below average primarily. Insert Carson Wentz, who I think can really benefit from this change of scenery. I don't think it was ever a lack of talent. I think it was whether it be lack of guys around him, 
uh, lack of confidence, dealing with injuries. Um, that's not to say that, you know, Wentz was horrible last year. There's no denying it, but I, I'm, I'm a Wentz believer. I think he can step up. I think he can get closer to the guy he was, I believe, in 2017 before he got injured. Um, and the way this roster is constructed, I don't think he has to be an MVP candidate for them to have success. They're deep at running back. Jonathan Taylor, expect a big year from him. Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, even Jordan Wilkins. Uh, the receivers aren't incredible, but I'm a big fan. Paris Campbell, I think Michael Pittman, someone to look break out. Uh, Zach Pascal, even Tyler Vons, who they I believe they drafted this year. Uh, I don't, you know, T.Y. Hilton's not the same guy he is uh, as he or as he was, but still a decent player. Offensive line, they got one of the best in the league. They bring in Eric Fisher to go alongside Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Brent Smith. Uh, super good offensive line. Tight ends, they got the duo of Jack Doyle, Moali Cox. This is overall a very solid offense. I don't think it's the sexiest. I don't think it's going to be the best. But I think, you know, I don't think there's a super clear hole on this offense outside of, a, you know, a clear wide receiver one. But I think they have the guys to get it done. Uh, defensively, this is where I really like the edge um, of the Colts over the Titans is the defense. Defensive line of the middle, you got DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. Uh, you drafted Quiddy Pay, who I'm a big fan of. I like that pick a lot. Linebackers, Darius Leonard, one of the best there is in the game. Bobby Okariki, I think one of, you know, a super underrated guy at that second level. The DBs aren't, you know, incredible. It's not the best DB group I've ever seen, but uh, Julian Blackman, Kari Willis, Rockison, Kenny Moore. I think that they got plenty of guys to get it done. And I think overall that I, I'm a big fan of that front seven, what they can do. And I think the back half will get it done as well. So overall, I like the depth of this Indianapolis Colts team. I like what they can do defensively. But I think a lot of this prediction is banking on Carson Wentz being average to above average. Uh, so I have the Colts winning the division at 11 and six. Let's move on to awards for this division. Okay, my MVP, um, this might come as a little bit of a shock, but my MVP is A.J. Brown. Um, I think he's still the number one wide receiver in that offense, uh, despite acquiring, you know, perennial talent, Julio Jones. Um, I think he is going to solidify himself as a clear, clear top 10 receiver in the league and um, enter himself in the top five conversation. Offensive player of the year, I have Derrick Henry. Uh, only reason I don't have him in that MVP spot is because I think um, he's pretty much guaranteed to have a lot less touches this year than he did last year with how much uh, that team is ready to throw the ball now. And I think teams, when, when you look at that depth chart, I think that main threat on that team is Derrick Henry. And I think that's what teams are going to be mostly game planning for. So I would not be surprised if, um, you know, teams come out, attack the run, and then the Titans make a quick switch to the passing game and um, have success there. And I think Derrick Henry has been proven that he can be stopped. I think watching that uh, Ravens-Titans wildcard game last year, Derrick Henry could not put up anything. The Ravens were stuffing him left and right. And I think um, he's still going to be the number one running back in the league. Uh, don't get it twisted. But um, I think I, think I uh, can justifiably put A.J. Brown in that MVP spot over him. And I think looking at this, 
if I have an MVP and an offensive player of the year, both on that Titans offense and neither of them as a quarterback, I think that just shows how much I believe in this Titans offense. They are so good. And like I said, I think they will set a record for total offensive yards in a season uh, thanks to that 17th game. But I, I am a full believer in this Titans offense. Defensive player of the year, I have Darius Leonard from the Colts. Um, I think a little bit of an off year last year with, you know, the COVID injuries, short off season, whatever. But I think he makes a big jump this year and enters himself into that conversation again of the, who's the best linebacker. Right now, it's kind of between Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner, but I think Darius Leonard is definitely going to enter that conversation this year. Comeback player of the year, David Johnson. I think the Texans are pretty set to run the ball a lot with how bad that passing game is. And considering David Johnson is going to get the bulk of those carries, I think he's pretty, I don't know how many, I wouldn't say much more than four yards per carry, but I think definitely with how many carries he's supposed to get, I think 1,200, 1,300 yards is not a fringe prediction. Offensive player of the year, Trevor Lawrence. There's not anyone else that you can justifiably pick. He's one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in a while. And coming from having Joe Burrow throw over 5,000 yards in that 2019 college season, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence, that, that just shows how good Trevor Lawrence is. Defensive rookie of the year, I have Quiddy Pay. He's so good off the edge, really good with his hands, good edge rusher. Um, I think he's a pretty clear candidate for defensive rookie of the year in this division, mainly just because of how rarely a rookie cornerback will pay off for Caleb Farley. Not saying that he won't be good in the future, but cornerbacks just usually aren't all that their rookie year. Offensive breakout player of the year, I have Michael Pittman, but honestly, I could really choose anyone from that Colts uh, wide receiving core. I think they're going to run the ball a lot this year. I think that's pretty obvious with the, the quarterback situations they have and that running back depth. But um, I think when they do have to throw the ball, those wide receivers are going to step up and make that play. And I think Pittman's going to be that main guy. But um, I wouldn't hate any other Colts wide receiver pick that's not named T.Y. Hilton. Defensive breakout player of the year, I have Julian Blackman, that Colts safety. And um, this could be a little bit of a cheap pick. You could say he broke out last year in his rookie year. But I think he's going to um, enter that top 10 safety conversation this year, just with how many stars he's surrounded by. And I think he'll kind of benefit off their success. And um, yeah, I think Julian Blackman has pretty high expectations this year. Coach of the year, I have Arthur Smith. I, I don't think he's gonna be anything special in that coaching position, but just because the Titans are, I have the Titans winning that division. Um, I think Arthur Smith is a pretty clear cut candidate. Um, gotcha. So MVP, I have Derrick Henry still. And I just think that he, he might not hit 2,000 again. I think he's just the best player in this division by, by a decent amount. Uh, but that's, you know, it's kind of a flip a coin because as my offensive player of the year, I would take A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown, absolute stud, and I'm with you, I think. Um, A.J. Brown will lead the Titans in receiving. I think he'll definitely show up Julio. Uh, defensive player of the year, Darius Leonard, I have no doubt in my mind he's going to, bounce right back, be that stud of a linebacker. And I think it's another spot where I feel like there's just not a lot of defensive talent in this division. I think he's pretty clearly the best. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, Trevor Lawrence, not a lot of competition, no question. Not a lot to be said. And then defensive rookie of the year, it's tough because there's not a lot of great defensive talent in this division, but 
it's I'm taking Caleb Farley. I think if nothing else, he's going to have the opportunities for it. Uh, you mentioned the risk of cornerbacks in the NFL, but I think for sake of this prediction, it's got to be Caleb Farley. Offensive breakout player of the year, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, last year, towards the end of the year, they started giving him more and more carries. This year, I think they're really going to let him be closer to a full three down back. Um, going to have a big, big year. Defensive uh, breakout player of the year, I have Kelevon Chasen. Uh, I think more opportunities uh, in uh, after a year in the league, I think he can uh, – I think he, ha- he just has a, the opportunity to break out. Comeback player of the year, Carson Wentz, uh, following that tough year. Uh, I think if he can lead the Colts to a division title like I expect, he's my pick. Uh, coach of the year, it really could be a coin flip between Frank Wright or um, – why am I uh Arthur Smith? No, Arthur Smith left for Atlanta. It's oh um how did I predict him as coach of the year? Why am I what Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel. That's what I was thinking. Uh so oh, that's what that's what I I totally just mixed up names. That's what I um I'm a casual. Don't no, you're not a casual. We've been <laughs> we've been going at this for a while. Um, but it, it could it really could be Mike Vrabel or Frank Wright, but Based on that, I have Wright winning the division. I'll say Wright for Coach of the Year. Um, my big things for this division, I think Wentz returns close to 2017 form, assuming that he's primarily healthy, which is not helpful right now considering his injury, um, and that A.J. Brown leads the Titans in receiving. That is the AFC South. Uh, anything to add before we go to the West? Um, not Nothing much. All right, let's do the West, baby. Okay, hopping into the AFC West, I have the Raiders at last at five and twelve, Chargers coming in second to last nine and eight, Broncos ten and seven, and Chiefs winning that division at twelve and five. Uh, in the cellar, I have the Broncos at six and eleven. I also have the Raiders at six and eleven. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers at ten and seven, and the Kansas City Chiefs winning the division at fourteen and three. Okay, so um. Hopping right in, I think the only spot where we really differentiate is the Broncos, but I'll talk about why I'm a believer in that Broncos team um, when I get to their spot, but I'll start off with the Raiders. Um, After having a full fire sale on that offensive line, there's really not a huge bright spot in their offense besides Darren Waller, who I think is going to have a pretty big season this year. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but um, I just expect a very below average offensive unit. That passing game has never been very good. Henry Ruggs is, I think, I think we can rule him as a bust. He just didn't really show any flashes of, he, he kind of just reminds me of John Ross where he's just fast and not much else. And that, that can often work in college, but I think that's defendable in the NFL. Um, I think the, the rest of, I like John Brown. And I, I do like Hunter Renfro and Willie Sneed, but Henry Ruggs is just not doing it for me. And um, one bold prediction for this offense, I think Josh Jacobs loses his starting job partway through the season because they have Kenyon Drake on that bench. And I think he just fits so much better with this scheme. Josh Jacobs is one of the most overrated running backs in the league. Um, last year, he put up a lot of yards, but he, he put up less than four yards a carry. He's just getting so many carries to make up for that bad passing game like he's kind of just that that crutch that kind of like the how I was talking about Najee Harris Harris will be for the Steelers this year that's what Josh Jacobs was last year he's he's nothing special with with how good of an offensive line he had he's so overrated I think Kenyon Drake takes over that um starting job um 
Moving on to their defense, I think their defense is made up of a lot of guys who have bigger names than they have production. Um, stemming from, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Casey Hayward, I think all of them are rather overrated. And, and I don't think that they're going to be, I, I don't think this defense is going to be anything special. Like looking at their depth chart, they really don't have any real strong suit on that defensive side of the ball. And um, I think which is how poor both of these units are. I don't see the Raiders winning more than five games. Yeah, so for me, and this is, I have both Denver and Las Vegas with the same record. This is just me putting Denver here, not indicative of anything. They have the same record. Um, but at 6-11, and 11, I like the Broncos a lot more than what this says with six wins. I just, you got to have a quarterback. That's the biggest thing. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You don't win games without that quarterback position solidified. And they don't. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. Last year, I was, you know, I was intrigued by Locke. I thought that maybe he could be a breakout candidate. Uh, we just didn't see it. Not at all. And at this point, it's hard for me to really have faith in him. Bridgewater, you, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting, but that's nothing more than like a very mediocre quarterback. Uh, running back-wise, they have a good running back room. Melvin Gordon, they drafted Javante Williams, who I'm a big fan of. I don't know if he was necessarily the biggest need, but I like him a lot. Um like that there. I like their receivers, too, a lot. I'm a big fan of Cortland Sutton. I'm hoping for a big year so he comes back. I think Jerry Judy is going to absolutely explode, even with um, the damp, you know, even with inconsistent quarterback play. I think he's going to totally prove himself as worthy of that high pick and worth the hype. Uh, KJ Hamler, I'm a big fan of. I think he's a nice uh, gadget option. Tim Patrick, good. Um I like what they're doing there. Tight end wise, you got Noah Fant, uh, Albert Akwigbunam. Uh, they got they have those off the. Uh, what am I even saying? They have those uh, weapons on the offense. Offensive line not not bad. Uh, Garrett Bowles, Dalton Risner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Glasnow. It's not not bad. Defensively, this is you know we're we're far from where they were uh, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, but there's still some talent. Uh, Bradley Chubb. Von Miller, you draft Patrick Sertan the second, who I think is going to be a stud. I think, you know, next to Kyle Fuller, he's going to have, you know, they're going to throw Patrick Sertan a lot. I think he's going to make plays. Uh, you got Justin Simmons too, Kareem Jackson. Defense isn't bad, but I don't think it's a, it's an incredible top of the line caliber. I think it's kind of more middle of the pack. So this team overall, I think if you insert, you know, I don't know. I, I if and and again average to above average quarterback this is a team that I think you're talking about close to the playoffs and that's what I thought for the Broncos last year that I thought they'd be a team that can sneak into the playoffs oh that inconsistency at quarterback I'm not I'm not on the Broncos six and eleven uh get that quarterback and then we're really talking okay um coming in at second to last I have the Chargers at nine and eight and um I think the only real reason why they're second to last is yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of high points in this division. I'm pretty high on the Broncos and obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs. And it's just kind of hard to, to edge both of those out for me. Um, looking at this team, they're very talented. Don't get me wrong. They have Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. They went and got Jared Cook this offseason. Mike Williams is a fantastic contested catch receiver. And one thing they really did well is they bolstered that O-line. They went and got Rashawn Slater with their first round pick, who I think will be just as good. 
as Panay Sewell, but just a little better value with that pick. They went and got Corey Lindsley, who is um, pretty obviously the best center in the league. And I think this offensive line looks so much better than it did last year. Um, moving on to their defense, their their front seven looks pretty polished. I Joey Bosa, obviously, is a fantastic pass rusher. Linval Joseph is really nice coming off that inside. And I think Kenneth Murray is going to break out this year. He had tons of talent coming out of college and just wasn't fantastic his first year. But a lot of times that happens with these rookie defensive players. They don't have a fantastic first year. But um, I think he definitely has enough talent to make that breakout um, in this second year. Um, this secondary is also rather polished, especially if Derwin James can stay healthy because he is so good. He's kind of like the Saquon of safeties where he had one really good rookie year and then hasn't really been able to stay healthy since. And I think this is kind of that last shot. Can Derwin James stay healthy? And if he does, he will, I think he'll definitely be a top three safety in the league. Um, I do like Chris Harris and Asante Samuel. I think that those cornerbacks are, I think they're a good match for each other. And I think that secondary is going to be um, pretty good. The only reason why I have the Chargers at nine and eight is because their depth is abysmal. They, they don't have those replacement options if guys get hurt. And I think the only real shot that they have at the playoffs is if guys, if a ton of their roster stays healthy, which they won't, especially with all the, the COVID stuff this year. And, you know, only three preseason games. I, I just don't, I, I don't think the depth is there to kind of save this roster from the injuries that they're kind of doomed to face. So um, I think if they could add, if they can retain a lot of their players, I don't know who their upcoming free agents are, but if they can retain a lot of their players this offseason, go out and get some of those high value depth pieces, I think this team will definitely be set for a wild card, but I just, the depth is not selling. I, I value depth a lot and it's just not selling it for me this year. Fair enough. Um, so for me, I got the Raiders next six and 11. This is, it's a very weird team, very weirdly constructed starting at quarterback. Derek Carr, I think, is a lot better than people give him credit for. I don't think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But, like, last year, 27 touchdowns to nine interceptions, uh, 4,100 yards. Uh, Derek Carr is – I don't think Derek Carr is the problem by any means. Uh, the wide receiver group's weird. I'm, I'm a little more of a believer in Henry Ruggs. I think he has the talent. He has the speed-hands combo to be – a really good wide receiver. Uh, I also think that John Gruden is a very stubborn guy, and I think that they're going to want to give him every opportunity and more than maybe even they should this year um, to prove that he was worth it. So we'll see. They got Brian Edwards too, Hunter Emfro. It's like, eh, Willie Sneed as well, John Brown. A lot of guys, not anything like, I don't know, there's only so much upside past Henry Ruggs. Uh, running back again, I'm not, I like Josh Jacobs a lot. I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say, um, I wouldn't go as far to say that I think he's going to get replaced by Kenyon Drake. I don't know how much I believe in Kenyon Drake. Um, I don't know if Josh Jacobs is necessarily the, you know, I don't think he, sh he should be talked about in the same category as the best of the best, like Nick Chubb, like Derrick Henry, like, um, some of those guys, but I like Josh Jacobs a lot. I think he's a powerful runner. Um, can do it both in the run and pass game. Having Kenyon Drake as a second option is pretty nice. Uh, Darren Waller, obviously, 
um, has broken out these last couple of years. He's one of the best tight ends in football. The offensive line is bad, though, and that's with you got Colton Miller, the former first-rounder on one side, Alex Leatherwood on the other side, who they drafted this year in the first round. I don't think that they got the best value out of Alex Leatherwood where they took him, but I think Alex Leatherwood is a lot better than people give credit for. But then the interior, they just got rid of everyone. Um, I think it's I don't I don't see them having a lot of success in that interior, which can you know have a correlation with Josh Jacobs not necessarily having an incredible year. So there's like it's just we very weird makeup on the offensive end. Same with defense, it's a lot more in names than production, like you were kind of saying. Uh, Cleland Farrell, who that was one of the reaches that I still won't ever entirely understand. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, Nick uh, Kwiatkowski, I believe is how you say it. They got Corey Littleton, former Ram. DBs are weird. They have Jonathan Abram. They drafted Trayvon Morig, who I thought was one of the best values after, you know, not the best value in Leatherwood. They got Morig in the second round. Uh, Damon Arnett, Amik Robertson. I don't know. It's just a super weird Casey Hayward. There's, there's some names on the defense, but I don't really – I don't know. I feel like this is the usual Raiders defense that just isn't very good and they'll get torched. Overall, just a very eh team. I think Derek, Carr, you know, Derek Carr quarterback limits them from going down towards like three, four wins. But I, I don't think there's a, a crazy amount of upside for the Raiders. So I'm good with them at six and 11. Okay. Before I jump into the Broncos, Jeremy, we have a little bit of breaking news from Ian Rappaport on that Carson Wentz situation. And it says per his Twitter, Colts quarterback Carson Wentz plans to try to rest and rehab his foot injury over the next few days rather than having immediate surgery. And if all goes well, week one is if play, week one is in play. If it doesn't improve, the answer may be surgery, which could hold him out for a lot longer. So awesome. um, does this does this change your Colts prediction very much? Not really, because th- this doesn't really – that doesn't really – like, it's good to know that information, but that doesn't really tell me if he's playing week one or not. Because I think if he's playing week one, then no. But if he yeah. gets, you know, if he gets surgery, obviously it changes. But interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat as you. I predicted the Colts at nine and eight, and that was assuming Carson Wentz plays all 17 games. And I think if it's confirmed that he is getting surgery, then um, I, I think I could lower them to, to six or seven. But you know, I don't think it changes a ton for me. So now I'm going to hop into the Broncos. And I think um, I think you guys are going to realize how much Jeremy and I really differentiate on this team. And um, a lot of times we've done pods together. It's like we, we're similar on a lot, but um, there's a couple differences. This is a huge difference. He had them, you had what, 6 and 11? Yeah. Okay, I have the Broncos at 10 and 7, which four games in the NFL is huge. I have them making the sixth seed, I think. Um the main highlight of this offense is it's pass catchers. Cortland Sutton's going to be back. Um, I think Jerry Judy is going to make a pretty big jump this year. I think his, his route running is as good as anyone in the league right now. And um, I think the only thing that really stopped him from being um, one of the best rookie receivers last year on that par, on par with Justin Jefferson is his hands were so bad. And, and, it's definitely a fixable issue. I don't know if it'll be fixed this year, but I think Jerry Judy has a very good future ahead of him in the NFL um, just because of the, those kind of uncoachable things like route running and speed and agility. I think he is as good at that as any other receiver in the league. And I think once he fixes those hands, he'll be really good. Um, 
And then, you know, you got Cortland Sutton coming back. Cortland Sutton is super talented, very good contested catch, good, good on the deep ball. And then Tim Patrick at that wide receiver three, along with KJ Hamler. I think Tim Patrick is super underrated and, you know, KJ Hamler, high draft pick. This wide receiving core is very deep. And then you see, you know, Noah Fance, who kind of had the same issue. He was able to get open, but his hands were so bad. And I think if he can fix that, he'll definitely be one of those upper tier tight ends. Um, one thing Jeremy said is he, he really does not like this quarterback play. And I think people, in my opinion, people have written off Drew Locke a little bit too quickly. Um, Drew Locke, his, his issues, he, he has plenty of issues. Don't get me wrong. But historically, his issues have been very fixable. So like um, a lot of the things, one of the main things he has wrong is his ball placement. And that, that often stems from his footwork. His footwork is so bad. He will make throws with, with his feet, you know, crossed or whatever. Like, I, I don't know how he made it out of college with that, but he, he has plenty of arm talent. And when, like looking at the tape, when his feet are set and ready to throw, he, he is accurate and he has a good arm, good arm talent. He's fairly mobile. Like, I think Drew Locke is, I think Drew Locke can remain that 17 game starter. Even if he doesn't, I think Teddy Bridgewater can bring you the most baseline average QB play in the league, you know, 3,500-ish yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, nothing special. But um, with how good this defense is, this defense, I think this could be the best defense in the league because, and that's another thing that we really differentiate on, that this defense was top 10 in sacks last year without having guys like Von Miller or uh, Bradley Chubb. They they were top 10 in sacks. And then you get the, these guys back and there's no reason for them not to be fantastic on that pass rush. And then that linebacker core, a little bit underrated, like I said, Von Miller, Bradley, Bradley Chubb on the outside. And then Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell on that inside. I think that that linebacker core is plenty talented. The secondary is what I'm super sold on. Picking up Kyle Fuller from the Bears Ronald Darby, Callahan, that's three starting caliber quarterback cornerbacks right there. Then you draft Patrick Sertain in the first round. That that secondary is so good. And then Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons is um, pretty objectively a top 10 safety, and he pairs really well with Kareem Jackson. I'm so sold on this secondary. And um, I think the offense is a little bit questionable. I'll give you that. But I, I love, love this defense. And I think um, – with with the upside that the offense has, I think ten and seven is a fair prediction. But I would not be surprised if they give the Chiefs a good run for their money at this division. That is bold. Um, I will say. I mean, you could say that I'm a little down on them in terms of record. I like the team overall. I just don't have the faith in the quarterback position. I feel like I don't know. That's just a lot of my criteria is what they're doing. Um, what they're doing at quarterback. And I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Locke figured it out. I'm just not the one that's going to give him – I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's my main thing. Um, but my uh, second-place team, who I have at 10-7 and seven making the playoffs, is the Los Angeles Chargers. And don't get it twisted. I, I hate the Chargers. I really do. And I, I hope they don't make the playoffs. Like, I'll, I'll just say that. they I, I mean, obviously, if you're listening, you know San Diego. They, I – Hate the Chargers, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the team. Justin Herbert had phenomenal rookie years, really one of the better rookie quarterback years we've seen. Uh, I think that for the most part, he can maintain that. I don't know if he's going to take 
a massive leap forward if we're going to see I don't think we'll see a full-out sophomore slump, but maybe just slight regression because I think some of the stuff he's doing, it's going to be hard to keep up in terms of his success on the deep ball. But uh, Justin Herbert overall, uh, franchise quarterback, no doubt they hit on that. Uh, running back, Austin Eckler. When Austin Eckler is fully healthy and going, he's super productive both in the run game and as a pass catcher, um, all about keeping him healthy and going, and he can be valuable. Uh, behind them, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, the drafted Larry Roundtree. Um, that's what the running backs looking like. Wide receivers, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, I don't love the depth beside, but beside behind those guys, but those two guys can both get it done. Um, I did like I like Josh Palmer, who they drafted from Tennessee. Uh, a big year for Mike Williams is the is my main takeaway is that Mike Williams has to get it done um, for this Chargers offense to thrive, but I believe he can. He has all the talent in the world to do so. Uh, tight end, they brought in Jared Cook. I think he's a fine fine tight end option. Their offensive line has gotten a lot better. Uh, I liked the Rashawn Slater draft pick. He's a plug and play guy. Probably a tackle could play guard. Uh, Corey Lindsley might have been an overpay, but to get protection for your young quarterback, there's, you know, there's no price limit on that. So I like what they did there. And then defensively, I think they're a really good defensive team. You got Joey Bosa, um, one of the best pass rushers there are, uh, Linval Joseph, uh, Jerry Tillery, Uchenna Nwoso. It's solid. And I think, I mean, really with Joey Bosa, you get some average guys around him, I think, he can both elevate their play, and if they play up to that potential, you can see havoc from Bosa. Uh, linebacker-wise, uh, Kenneth Murray, I'm a big fan of his. Drew Tranquil. Uh, I think, you know, they could use another linebacker, but for the most part, I'm a big Kenneth Murray guy. Cornerback, uh, they drafted Asante Samuel Jr., who um, I like that pick. Wait, it, it, it was the Chargers that drafted Asante Samuel Jr., yeah? That's, that's correct. Okay, I first said okay. I was I I was mistaken for a second. I liked that pick a lot. Um, uh, I think he can. I just I think he can be a totally quality cornerback. And then you look at the safeties where um, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley. I love that duo. Derwin James. I I really hope that he stays healthy because he's just such a talented and fun player. Uh, that I think can really elevate them. And I, I failed to mention Chris Harris Jr. at the other cornerback spot. Uh, I think there are definitely some holes in this team. There's there's no question that there's some holes, but I think you got Justin Herbert for the full season, uh, you know, season behind him. And I think if you can get health out of Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, I think this offense can totally be one of the best. And I really like the front seven uh, of the Chargers enough to get it done. And Darwin James got to stay healthy, want to see a full season from him. But I, I think the Chargers can get it done and be a playoff team. Okay, moving on, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I don't think there's a lot that I could talk about the Chiefs that the listener doesn't already know between, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all that jazz. One thing I really liked about this Chiefs offseason, I think it was really questionable when they had cut um, both of their outside tackles. But but I think they they saw what was wrong in the Super Bowl, and they went out, cut two of their best offensive linemen, went out and made this offensive line not only younger but better. They, they got Orlando Brown Jr. from the Ravens, 
little bit of an overpay in my opinion, but you know, it's, it's accomplishing the goal. Um, went and signed Joe Tooney. Creed Humphrey was maybe the best center in this draft. And then um, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif coming back. It, it's huge. This offensive line is definitely much better than it was last year. And this, this offense has only improved. The, the defense gives me a little bit of a scare. I really like that pass rush. Frank Clark, Jaron Reed, Chris Jones. Although who knows if Frank Clark's going to be pay, um, playing this year. He might be facing jail time. But um, the, the linebackers and the secondary is where I get a little bit I, I'm not so sold on that. Linebackers, Nick Bolden, Anthony Hitchens, and Willie Gay. I, just, I don't know. Anthony Hitchens is probably the best on that, that roster, and that's, those linebackers are not going to be, not going to have what it takes to stop the run. I think um, Chris Jones and Jaron Reed are going to be able to run stuff pretty well, but once it gets past that first level, I think we could see a lot of runs break off for 10, 12 yards on the Chiefs this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised about that. And then the secondary, I think, is pretty overrated. I do, I think Legereus Sneed and Charverius Ward are solid, but I, I don't see either of them making a super big jump this year to be a good, great quarterback. Um, I, I like Juan Thornhill, and I think Tyron Matthew is one of the most overrated players in the league. His, his coverage numbers are not much better than Jamal Adams, and he misses plenty of his tackles. And he's just, I, I think the stats are not, what you should see out of a pretty consensus top three safety. And so um, I have them, I have the Chiefs going 12 and five, still making the playoffs pretty easily. But um, I think I would slow down on those uh, returning to those, the Super Bowl returning predictions. I think there's better teams in the AFC, plenty of better teams in the AFC. And I just, I don't see the Chiefs making that run again. Yeah, we differ on this a little bit. I'm fully, I think I'm fully on the Chiefs still. 14 and three. Um, you got the best player, the best offensive player in football and Patrick Mahomes. And I think you start there and it gets even better. I think you're two for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They have Daryl Williams too. They brought in Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and then this wide receiver group, it's, I think it'd be nice if they had maybe one more option, but Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, hopefully a step forward for McCole Harriman, Demarcus Robinson. I didn't mind the Cornell Powell pick. I think he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if they turned him into a solid fourth option. Well, and then, I mean, you got tight end Travis Kelsey just casually had one of the best tight end seasons ever. And with all of that, you have this new revamped offensive line. They spent the big money to get Joe Thune, which is, you know, I don't believe in the salary cap. I think the salary cap is a myth. I don't know how they did that. Um, you draft Creed Humphrey, you trade for Orlando Brown, um, Lauren Duvernay Tardis back, you draft Trey Smith in the sixth round. This is just an even better offensive line. Like, I think it's, um, it's fair to say that this team got better offensively, which is ridiculous to say, considering how prolific, uh, the offense has shown itself to be defensively. They need Frank Clark to hopefully not be in the trouble that he's in, because if that's the case, um, it'll definitely be, hurt them. But they still have Chris Jones. They have uh, Derek Nottie, uh, Jerron Reed. The linebackers aren't crazy, but I really like the Nick Bolton pick. I really like the way that the Chiefs drafted uh, Willie Gay, Anthony Hitchens. Um, the DBs, it's not it's not incredible. Cornerbacks, uh, Legereus Sneed, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, Rashad Fenton, Javarius Ward. Uh, 
Safety, Tyron Matthew is definitely a little overrated, but I still think he's a solid player. Daniel Sorensen, Juan Thornhill. Uh, you know, no one's saying that they're going to have one of the best defenses, but I think with what they're going to put up offensively, I'm still totally on the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs, 14-3 uh, and three for top top team in the AFC. And so we'll go to awards now for this AFC West. Okay, MVP, pretty clear choice. Patrick Mahomes, hard to bet against him. Offensive player of the year, Tyreek Hill, same thing, you know. I think I think the listeners kind of know what's up with them. Um, defensive player of the year, Justin Simmons. I already kind of raved about how good this Broncos defense is going to be, and I think Simmons is kind of the center, center point for that defense. And so, um, yeah, I'm pretty committed to him as defensive player of the year of this division. Comeback player of the year, I have two candidates. I think if Derwin James – because his health is really an issue. I think if he plays like 13 out of 17 games, 12 out of 17 games, he will win comeback player of the year. If, if he does not, I think it will be Cortland Sutton um, because I'm a, I'm a big believer in both to return at a pretty strong level. But um, I think the only reason I didn't put one or the other was just because of the differentiation in health. Offensive rookie of the year, Rashawn Slater. And I know it's kind of rare to put an offensive lineman for offensive rookie of the year, but I think he will be a stellar piece to that Chargers offense. Defensive rookie of the year, Asante Samuel. Um, like you said, I'm a firm believer that uh, even, even though I don't really like rookie cornerbacks, and I've kind of talked about that a couple of times during this, I think Asante Samuel is going to be going to emerge as one of the better quarterback cornerbacks out of this class. Um, offensive breakout player of the year, Jerry Judy. Um, I was flipping between him and Locke, but um, I, I think Judy is a little bit more secure of a pick because I think Locke could still be, I, I don't know how, I, I like Locke and I think he's got some talent left in the tank, like I said, but I, I don't know. I think Jerry Judy is a much better chance of breaking out, even if Locke could get to a higher level. Um, defensive breakout player of the year, Kenneth Murray. A little bit underwhelming of a season last year, but I think um, he's more than ready to make that jump, and I think he definitely has the talent to do so. Coach of the year, Andy Reid, doesn't need a huge explanation, and I'll give it to you, Jeremy. Yep, so MVP, Patrick Mahomes, I, easy, next. Uh, offensive player of the year, uh, Tyreek Hill, I think the numbers that he's going to put up, monster next to Mahomes. I mean, you can also make the argument for his teammate, Travis Kelsey, Defensive player of the year, I have Derwin James. I think he's really going to bounce back in a big, big, big way. Um, and I think that's going to be – that kind of factors into my prediction of the Chargers going to the playoffs. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, um, I wish Sean Slater. I don't know. I don't think there are a lot of incredible rookies from, you know – this division, which I this is, I'm looking at it. I put Patrick Sertan the second for both offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. When I certainly meant to put Slater, I think he's going to be important for uh, Justin Herbert's success. Uh, with that being said, defensive rookie of the year, Patrick Sertan, uh, I think he's going to get targeted a lot. And so I think that could bring some mixed results. I think some success, some struggles, but I think as the season goes on, he's going to get comfortable and comfortable uh, where he's going to find his groove and have success. Offensive breakout player of the year, Jerry Judy. I'm I think Jerry Judy is gonna go go off as much as his quarterbacks will allow him to. I'm a total Judy believer. I think he's gonna be awesome. Defensive breakout player of the year. Uh this might be a little bit of a cheat because I feel like he had a pretty good year last year, but Legarius Sneed, I think he can solidify himself as one of those top DBs in Kansas City. 
Um, I like what his game has to offer. Comeback player of the year, Derwin James, as indicated by him being my defensive player of the year for this division. And then coach of the year, Brandon Staley. I think if the Chargers are going to the playoffs, I don't know how you can't give it to the rookie head coach, Brandon Staley. And then that's what in terms of bold predictions or no, notable predictions is that I have the Chargers making the playoffs and that Jerry Judy is going to um, hit his potential. So that's the AFC West and that's the AFC. Do we want to go over uh, our one through seven playoffs teams and who we have representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? Yeah. So um, I, I don't have this down, but I think based off my record, my seeds would be Browns at one. Bills at two, Chiefs at three, and Titans at four. And then uh, in the wildcard spots, they'd have Ravens at five, Broncos at six, and then a little bit of a tiebreaker between the Chargers, Colts, and Dolphins. And I'm going to give it to the Dolphins just because um, the health kind of concerns me for both of those two teams. And I think the Dolphins are a little bit of a safer pick than those other two. And so, um, Coming out of the AFC, I have the Browns. Like I already said, I, I kind of hinted at it earlier. I think they are going to win the Super Bowl. And um, I think they absolutely have every reason to do so between that roster, the coaching. And I, I think the Browns are definitely my favorite. Got it. So for me, um, my top seed, Kansas City Chiefs at 14-3, and three, uh, Buffalo Bills at 2-11-6, at and six, Baltimore Ravens at 3-11-6, and 11 and six, the Colts at four at 11 and six, then the wild card spots, three teams at 10 and seven, the Cleveland Browns, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Tennessee Titans. And then when it's all said and done, I have the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. I, you got the best quarterback on the planet. You have, you know, such an elite offense. I'm not, I'm not betting against the Chiefs. Um, so yeah, that is the AFC. Do you have anything else to add, Jackson? Um, I I do not. Um, Redshirt podcast fans, stay tuned for the for the NFC episode because um, it'll be packed with more bold predictions and uh, a lot more stuff like this. Yeah, he's doing the plugin for me exactly. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, um, make sure to check out the blog, the Redshirt dot blog or the Redshirt dot uh, for all those blog posts. Certainly, these will be in written form soon enough then uh obviously you're listening to the podcast the redshirt podcast um on spotify uh check out the instagram at the dot redshirt where i will be updating whenever there's a new blog post whenever there's a new um podcast follow the twitter at the redshirt blog where i'll post when there's new stuff sometimes and just my sports thoughts um and all of those links can be found on my link tree um which is uh the redshirt and so yeah That'll just about conclude this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Thank you guys for listening.